if I passed on my trauma to my kids, did I cause my own trauma as a child? Why would anybody be blamed? You end up, who you end up blaming? Adam and Eve? You know, you end up blaming some ape living in a tree who was my ancestor at some point? I mean, blame doesn't make any sense. It's also cruel and, 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 and totally unhelpful. So there's no blame. In fact, it's, it's, about under, it's not about blaming, it's about understanding. But once we understand, now we can start to do things differently. That's the whole point. It's not about blaming. That is the unmistakable voice of Dr. Gabor Mate, and he's going to give us insights on what it means to follow your passion, and is that a good thing, how we identify ourselves, how to stay present when staying present is hard, and much, much more on today's Super You Podcast. It's one small step for man. Liftoff. We, have a we choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they I are I have hard. a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast. I am your host, Eric Quammen, but most of you know me as Equaman. Today, we're going to unwrap a lot of things like personal agency. And if you don't know what that means, then that's why you're here at the Super You Podcast, the podcast designed to unlock and unleash your superpower. So we're going to get some insights from Dr. Gabor Mate. He is a Hungarian-Canadian physician and author known for his work in the fields of addiction, stress, and childhood development. So all of us can use a little bit of his help today. He was born January 6, 1944 in Budapest, Hungary. Dr. Mate has gained recognition for his holistic approach to understanding and treating various health issues, particularly those related to mental health and addiction. So very important in today's world, mental health and addiction. His work often emphasizes the impact of early childhood experiences on physical and mental well-being, as well as the role of trauma in the development of addiction. And all of us are addicted to something. Uh, whether that's our phone, whether it might be an addiction to, to even working out too much. Some people just work out five, seven hours a day, and that's detrimental actually to your health to work out that much. So some of his notable books include In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts, Close Encounters with Addiction, and When the Body Says No, The Cost of Hidden Stress. And I know all of us would love to reduce our stress in our lives, especially this time of year. So let's get into it with Dr. Gabor Mate. Now, if you wouldn't mind, talk to me about when you hit a wall. So a lot of us hit walls when it comes to anything, but for you, you hit a wall when it came to writing. How did you get your kind of quote-unquote groove back? Well, yes, uh, there was a time in my life where the writing impulse, which had been with me all my life, was stifled and, 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 and um, stymied, and so was I, because I had this frustration. Uh, in fact, I had the sense that there's something I needed to express but I didn't know what and I didn't know how. And at some point I realized, oh yeah, I need to write. So that began before I finished medical practice, but it certainly um, has been essential to my ongoing unfolding as a human being. I quote in this book, uh, there's a great uh, Hungarian-Canadian stress researcher called Janos Selye, S-E-L-Y-E, and 
Celia is the one who actually coined the word stress in the sense that we use it today. And he's the one that showed in the laboratory how stress diminishes the immune system and disorganizes the hormones and, and ulcerates the stomach and all this kind of stuff. But Celia also said, and I quote him here, what is in us must out. What is in us must out. That we all have to follow our creative urges in the way that nature prepared for us. Otherwise, we can be hopeless, hopelessly hemmed in by frustration. I'm paraphrasing him very co closely. So we are created in the image of God. I mean, as you know, what are your religious views are, but that sense that we're created in the images of God means that we are creators because the essence of God is creation. In fact, we call God the creator and we call the result of that creation. If we're created and if we're, if we're offshoots of that creative dynamic in the universe, then it means that it's in us to create. So that creativity doesn't have to take the form of formal art, but it does have to take some flow of something that's inside you that needs to come out. Otherwise, as Celia says, you get hopelessly hemmed in by frustration. And so in that sense, Everybody's got that creative urge, and that may take the form of social intercourse. It might take the form of gardening, I don't care, uh, communion with nature, uh, athletic expression, I don't care what. But, it, but, but there's somebody, everybody's got it. And if people don't realize they have it, it's only because life has hemmed them in and they're too busy. And sometimes they are trying to make a living or trying to survive or too disconnected from themselves. But it's in all of us, and to the extent that we don't give it expression, we suffer. Now, sorry to slightly interrupt, um, but how does one, how do you stay present? How does one stay present? A very important topic this time of year. How do we stay present when staying present is really hard? From my point of view, it's not so much about delving into the past and dwelling on the past, but on dealing with how the past is showing up in the present. What a psychologist friend of mine, Peter Levine, calls the tyranny of the past, where the past dominates my present reactions. It doesn't matter how many times I go back and think about my childhood story. That's not going to help me. What I have to deal with is what's happening in me right now at this very second, which is a shadow of the past. So thinking about it is not going to be of much help. Um, what's going to help is to deal with the emotions that are arising now as a result of what happened and how those emotions affect my life in the present moment. So it's not about the past. It's about the present. So it's not about the past, it's really about the present. And speaking of present, how do we give ourselves the gift of connecting with oneself? You don't go around trying to reconnect with yourself because if you're not connected to yourself, then any concept of yourself is just a concept. So how do you reconnect with the concept? You can't. But have you noticed in yourself throughout your life that you do something or you say something, and then later on, you say, well, that wasn't me, that wasn't authentic. Well, who's the one that notices that? So that, that true self is there. So it's not a question of trying to find the true self. The question is to notice when we're not being true to ourselves. And then to ask, well, why not? What was I afraid of? Not being liked, not being respected, not being accepted, being rejected, being judged. And you do those, and you do that questioning compassionately for yourself. Not, why wasn't I being myself? But, hmm, I wonder why I wasn't being myself. What was my belief 
that kept me from stating my honest opinion or saying what my real feelings were. What kept me from that? That's the compassionate inquiry, which is, you know, one of the themes of the book in the healing chapters. So it's not a question of trying to reconnect with yourself. It's a question of noticing um, and, 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 and observing where we're not being true to ourselves. Who's the observer? Who's the noticer? That's your true self. Hmm. That is indeed our true self, isn't it? But now shifting gears and looking less at ourselves for a moment, so let's get out of looking at ourselves, but more to others. And specifically when we talk about others, often we blame others for our heartaches in life, for us not reaching our goals, for anything that's negative in our lives. Because sometimes it's hard to blame ourselves, to take that accountability. Uh, but other times, some people are to blame. But you say that even in that case, that in any case, that blaming others is essentially useless. That blaming others is essentially useless. I wrote this book with my son, and even the writing was a process of working out our issues. So the first thing, though, is that these issues can always be worked out, that the, the, the patterns can be reversed. We don't have to get stay stuck in them. Mm. So that's the good news. As far as blame is concerned, as you say, Trauma is passed on multi-generationally. You know, the Bible says that uh, the sins of the fathers will be visited on to the third and fourth generations. They're not talking about the sins of the fathers, they're talking about the traumas of the parents mm. will be passed on to the future generations. It's true. Um, but if that's true, um, if I passed on my trauma, to my, my trauma to my kids, did I cause my own trauma as a child? Why would anybody be blamed? You end up, who you end up blaming? Adam and Eve? You know, you end up blaming some ape living in a tree who was my ancestor at some point? I mean, blame doesn't make any sense. It's also cruel and, 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 and totally unhelpful. So there's no blame. In fact, it's, it's, about under, it's not about blaming, it's about understanding. But once we understand, now we can start to do things differently. And that's the whole point. It's not about blaming. Now, many of us in this wild world, we identify with many different roles. So some of you listeners out there, you might be a CEO by the day, but then a caregiver at night to your aging parents. And so we take on all these different roles and throughout the day and also throughout our lives. Now, how, how does one, how do we identify with ourselves and stay true to ourselves when sometimes we have to wear many hats? If you look at, again, the meaning of words and I just find the words fascinating. Mm -hmm. Identification comes from a Latin word, uh, idem, which means the same, and facere, to make. As soon as I make myself the same as something, like if I identify with my role as a doctor, I immediately limit myself. If you identify with your experience as a monk, and I don't mean not to learn from it or to grow from it, but if I identify with it, that's what I am. You've now narrowed yourself. So there's no healthy identification. If I identify myself with a state or a nation, I could be loyal to that state or nation. I could love that state or nation or any group. But if you identify with it, such as you, you have no independent existence, you've limited yourself already. So when you say, is there a healthy identification? Not really. It is a human need to belong, and, uh, but, but can we belong without identifying? to the point that we have no independent perspective. 
you know, in other words, can we be authentic? And, and, and I talk a lot about this tension between authenticity, being ourselves and attachment, which is belonging. Ideally, we can both be authentic and belong. Now, as you know better than most, the hot topic these days is around personal agency. So personal agency, what does that mean to you? And what should it mean to our listeners? You don't use trauma, you don't wear trauma as a badge, you know, or you don't use it as a get out of jail pass in a game of Monopoly. Oh, I was traumatized, so I can't, I can't be any other way, you know, I mean, so agency means actually I take the responsibility, not for what happened to me, not even how I interpreted the world as a result going backwards, but how I interpret the world from now on. Do I still want to interpret the world and my role in it based on some decision I made when I was a one-year-old? That's where agency comes in. Agency also means that if I have mm, any kind of dysfunction or illness, it's not just that I put my hands in the hands of a, put my my fate in the hands of a, a physician or a healer, but I, I have agency, I make the decisions. I listen to your advice. I accept some, I don't accept some, but I'm the one who's making the decisions along with what seems right to me. It's funny, there, there's absolutely no doubt that tomorrow, we will face challenges in the day after that, in the day after that. It's not a question of when we're going to get knocked down. It's a question of how high we're going to bounce back up. And so you stress it's not so much the challenge that we face, but really how we frame those challenges that matters the most. Understand all these historical, cultural, familial stresses imposed certain behaviors on you a certain self-view, certain patterns of emotional relating, now you can do something about it. Now it's no longer so there's something wrong with me. It's just that this is how I had adapted to what happened to me. And therefore, I have the capacity now, as a conscious human being, to become aware of all this and to transform myself. And that's not easy. It's not so easy to transform yourself because, of course, these adaptations that I talked about were originally related to our very survival as young children, and so we think we have to be that way. We don't know any other way of being, except there's something telling us that this is not right. Something's telling us, and so we want to find out the truth of things. And from that perspective, when things go wrong, it's possible to see them as necessary and as teachers. So there's a teacher that I have who lives in California, and he writes, your conflicts, all the difficult things, the problematic situations in your life are not chance or haphazard. They're actually yours. They're specifically yours, designed specifically for you, by a part of you that loves you more than anything else. The part of you that loves you more than anything else has created roadblocks to lead you to yourself. You're not gonna go in the right direction unless there's something pricking you in the side telling you, look here, this way. That part of you loves you so much that it doesn't want you to lose the chance. It will go to extreme measures to wake you up. It will make you suffer greatly if you don't listen. What else can it do? That is its purpose. No, that's fantastic advice for our listeners. For any listeners out there, you are facing a challenge. You're facing multiple challenges. See if today you kind of relook at that, 
reframe it. So it's really not what happens to us in the world, it's how we react to what happens to us or what hurdles are put in our place. Understand that those hurdles are often there to help us. Sometimes they keep other people out, that they're not gonna keep you from reaching your goal, that you're gonna go around that goal, get to your firm destination. I know this because you are taking steps to help you with that. That's why we listen to the Super You Podcast, so you get these insights. So you make sure that you are really, when you get those challenges, you go, I got this, I'm gonna reframe that challenge. Now today, I've learned so much, I I took so many notes, but it's really my favorite is the uselessness of blaming others. So let me challenge you with this this week, is try when you catch yourself blaming someone else, I want you to then recognize two people that help you, like verbally recognize them. Hey, thank you so much, I couldn't have done this without you. Or even if they're not there, wow, you know, you don't, the reason this looks so good right now this thing that you're looking at in my house is because my daughter helped make that she's the one that really helped put that together so it's really about shining that light on others so again this is what we're going to do this week when you find yourself which you will i will for sure you're kind of blaming someone else then pause kind of stop yourself in the moment and stop that blame and then reverse it try to then go through now you've got to do it twice as much so now you got to do two people you're going to recognize for them helping you in some form of fashion. So kind of do the exact opposite of what we're naturally inclined to do. And whenever I do this, oh my gosh, it's so refreshing and it's so eye-opening. It makes you feel so much better uh, because again, blaming others is useless. So why not do something that's very, very useful for not only yourself, but those around you. So again, this is Eric Quammen. What a great show we had here today, and it's all made possible by you continuing to listen and most importantly, getting the word out. So if you feel compelled to write a five-star review, please do. It helps others discover this podcast. And this podcast is made possible by the great folks here on the production side here at Equalman Studios. And that's Jake Brin. You know the names. Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and Kelsey Gomez. And this is Equal Man reminding all of us we're superheroes. We just need that courage to wear the cape. And as we look forward, it's not about what we take from the world. It is most certainly what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Uh.